Well, good morning, Journey Church. We're so glad that you're joining us here today. If you would help me welcome those online that are joining us, we're so glad that they're here. My name's John. I'm the recovery pastor here. It's my privilege to get to bring the message today. So next week is Life Group Rally. So if you're not excited, then we got one whoop whoop. Come on, let's try that one more time. All right. So this room will be filled with all the Life Group leaders on display, kind of explaining everything. And I can't say it any better than they did. If you're not in one, you're really missing out. You're not living the way God designed us to do that. So we've been uh, hopefully enjoying a series in prayer. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Mike uh, kind of laid some foundational stuff out of Matthew chapter 6. Uh, talked about faith being required for answers to prayer. And then last week, we had uh, the model prayer, also known as the Lord's Prayer a lot of times, that he kind of went over. So this week, we're going to jump into the fun topic of fasting. And a lot of times this isn't real popular with folks. Uh, but before I dig into this, let me just start off by asking you a few questions. In uh, John 10.10, 10, it said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life, and they, they may have it more abundantly. Abundant life sounds pretty strong. So my question to you is, are you living an abundant life? Or are you just kind of going through the motions each week? Um, you go to work, everything's kind of just kind of smoothing, but I'm living the mundane Christian life as opposed to the abundant Christian life. I don't want to show hands, no responses. I just want you to maybe think through these a little bit. Is there maybe a sin in your life that you find yourself repeatedly asking for forgiveness, promising God you'll never do that again if he'll just remove this from you, but you find yourself coming back again a day or repeatedly asking for forgiveness for the same thing. And the last question I'll kind of throw out there to just kind of ponder is, are you finding you got a negative spirit? Kind of got bitterness? Uh, you find yourself being judgmental with others. There's not really any joy in your life. And as you kind of think about those, we're going to uh, jump into Matthew chapter 6 here again as we continue in verses 16 through 18. It says, And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that's the only reward that they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we uh, begin this message today, I just pray, Lord, you'll help me get out of the way, that you will come to the fore. Uh, your Holy Spirit would fill this room. Speak to our hearts and minds, Lord. Uh, what would you want us to do uh, with your message today? And we'll give you all the praise and glory for it. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So a couple things I note real quick off that passage, kind of the obvious is it says, when you fast. Uh, Pastor Mike had mentioned, you know, a couple weeks ago when it said, when you pray. Um, if you go back earlier in chapter 6, it says, when you give. So there's kind of three expectations here that this is going to happen, and we'll kind of dig into that a little bit more later. The other thing that jumps out to me is that it's said twice. Um, when I grew up in school, I had a teacher who was pretty cool during test review. When something was important, he'd go, he'd stop twice and go, you might want to know this topic. 
And so we see three times in this chapter, he has said it twice. When you give, when you give, when you pray, when you pray. And now he's come back again and said, when you fast. To me, that's also, um, you know, when mom invokes the middle name, John Warren Pierce. It's like, ooh, it's time to, I don't care what I was doing. I was trying to pay attention now because that was important. And that's the way God speaks in scripture oftentimes too as well, is that we get this double going on. But fasting is not a very popular topic in the United States of America. We live in a consumer culture. We don't even realize how bad this is a lot of times. Um, I had the privilege of living overseas at different times throughout my life. And when we, I would come back home, it was always a culture shock for me as an American because I had been away from that for a time. But we are bombarded through media and advertisements of consume and you're entitled to this and you can have it your way. But the thought of uh, denial is kind of the opposite and that's really the way Christ works. When we look at scripture here from Luke 9:23, he says, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. And so opposite, denial. I'm denying my own self-will. I'm denying, indulging myself. I'm surrendering my will to daily, and I think that speaks to a diligence. I have to remain diligent at this. If I don't, I'm going to start slipping away, and it says, follow me. Um, in my studies, I came across this verse, and God's just kind of been hammering me with this one kind of for the last couple of weeks. Um, the context, again, is Jesus uh, at a wedding feast, this is kind of the beginning of his ministry, they run out of wine, and so uh, his mom has grabbed him and drug him back here to talk to these servants, and he's supposed to bail out this family um, that doesn't have enough wine. And the words she says to them, his mother says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And part of me went, okay, we can pass the offering plate and be done. If we would all just do this, that's really kind of the essence of what we need to be doing as Christians in following Christ. It says, do whatever he tells you. But we often want to say, I want to pray about that, which oftentimes is just kind of code for, I want to procrastinate a little bit and not have to follow through with what it's talking about. Uh, but if we would just in our daily surrender be obedient, that's really what is maintaining an alignment between the Holy Spirit to Jesus who sits at the right hand of the Father, to the Father. And meditating on this concept of alignment kind of made me think back to uh, when I lived in Arizona at my first house. Um, I came home one day, I hit the garage door opener, and the door didn't move. I'm like, huh, and I keep hitting it, and nothing's happening. So I get out of my car, and it's 120 degrees, and it's not very fun. And I get in there, and I do the manual release, and I start trying to lift that double door, which is pretty heavy. And I can move it, it's just a lot of work and it's not very much fun. Um, so I go and dutifully grab the owner's manual and I dust that thing off and I start reading. And it tells me to make sure the power is connected, which is good, and the batteries are still good in that remote, which the light's coming on, they're still good. And then it tells me to check these two little things on the side of the door, they call them photo eyes. And they're down there shooting beams back and forth at each other with a receiver. 
And what can happen through just kind of daily life bumping into that thing in some complacency, those beams are designed that if the beam is broken, for safety reasons, the door won't move. So that's the way something heavy doesn't land on the car or worse, a person that's standing underneath of that thing. But it says in the instructions, those things can get out of alignment from time to time, and then it quits working. So all it takes is a, a little adjustment to get that back into alignment. And that made me think towards the Christian life. We do have an owner's manual. I've heard the acronym Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. Um, so this is our owner's manual God has given us for our Christian walk. And in that owner's manual, we're going to find that Scripture speaks to that wandering away that we want to do oftentimes. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. We are sheep prone to wander. We sing a song, the worship team, uh, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Uh, one of the songs I love that our worship team does. And uh, you think they did great today with new music, by the way? Let's give them a round of applause. So if I get out of alignment spiritually, that kind of manifests itself in those three questions I was asking you at the beginning. And so when we are out of alignment because of that daily ground where we grind, where we allow our self-will to start coming back in, when sin starts to creep back in, what the owner manual is going to tell us is that God does provide us tools to get back into alignment with him, and that is through fasting. Fasting simply is just denying self of the natural to experience the supernatural. Now, it's often thought of as fasting from food, and that's the primary example you'll see in God's Word. Back in those days, they didn't have social media and television and all these other things, and we'll kind of get to more of that here in a second. So I'm abstaining with something with a spiritual goal in mind. So fasting is mentioned about 70 times in the, God's Word, um, actually 30 times in the New Testament. The first mention is Moses when he went on Mount Sinai to get the the Ten Commandments, he went for 40 days and 40 nights. Um, we see that Jesus, when he started his ministry, uh, did a 40-day and 40-night fast as a, a way of preparing himself for that, that launch. And so in the Old Testament, fasting was looked on as a way to draw us closer to God. Uh, by denying myself naturally, I'm embracing the spiritual and the supernatural, and that's what's going to allow me to get closer to God. And in fact, we can see Jesus really did expect that we would be fasting on the regular. We saw from Matthew 6 where he says it twice, when you fast, when you fast. He didn't make it a commandment. He just kind of expected we would want to do that. So as we look at this scripture here in Matthew 9, the Matthew 6 isn't just a one-off. It says, Jesus replied, do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday, the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. So the context here is that John, um, his disciples, they come to Jesus and said, hey, why aren't your 
disciples fasting like the rest of us do. Um, and this is what Jesus' response was. The thought being, they are fellowshipping 24-7 with him as God now. But after he leaves, as a way for them to draw near to him again, that they will fast. He didn't say they might or they could. He said that they will fast. So how does this really work? What has fasting got to do with drawing closer to God? And we'll kind of work through that a little bit. So fasting really is nothing more than an outward expression of an inward humility. So we see from Ezra as example, it says, I proclaim to fast that we might humble ourselves before our God. Fast is a way of demonstrating humility to God. So obedience in doing it the right way says that we will be rewarded. We'll see here, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up. That's out of First Peter 5, 6. So I can't really explain to you, that's one of those mysteries of God. It's just one of the things that he's set in place. I can't explain it, um, why it works that way, but it is an expectation from God. Um, something to do with food being kind of foundational to who we are. If I don't eat, I'm going to die. And I am willing to surrender that physical need for a time because this spiritual need in my life is more important. And in doing so, God sees that we are humbly approaching him and looking for something supernatural. So God honors brokenness. He honors weakness. Um, he honors dependence on him. And that's where this fasting comes into play. So I'm going to real quickly just kind of run through some things that fasting is not. So if your primary motivation is to lose weight, um, that's not the fasting we're talking about. I call that a diet, which isn't a bad thing. And eating more healthy is not a bad thing, but that's just not kind of where we're going and what we're talking about here. The first one is a display of piety, much like we saw already from Matthew chapter 6. It says, if you're doing all this to get attention from those around you and you brag about what you're doing, um, you kind of got your reward. This isn't really what we're looking and where we're trying to go to. The next one is, it's not something that's done out of ritual or tradition. So fasting in the Old Testament, the one commanded fast was the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, where Jews had to fast. Um, We've seen that in some traditions here today, uh, people will fast like around Lent or something. It's something that's kind of mandated that they're supposed to be doing. And so their heart's not in it. Um, and they're really doing it out of ritual and tradition. And God's word tells us in uh, Matthew 15, 8, um, you'll let you look these up if you want as I kind of hit these real quick. These people... Honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. That also comes out of Isaiah 29. Again, it's a going through the motions thing. My heart's not in this. I'm not really seeking God in, with my heart. It's not a substitute for disobedience in other areas. So we can see from Isaiah 58, it says, We fasted before you. Why aren't you impressed? We've been very hard on ourselves. You don't even seem to notice. Um, 
people of Israel were living in rebellion, God goes on to explain over the next several verses how all these other sins are still in their lives. And this fasting is not going to make up for true repentance in their lives for everything else that has been going on. And finally, this is not that little ninja pinky move we do on God and we get him to do, okay, I'll do whatever you want me to do. God doesn't work that way. Matthew 6.10, we, uh, we went over that last week on the model prayer, and it talks about your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, not our will. Through fasting, what we're actually doing is bringing our will back into alignment with God's will. So, going through this to what is our purposes now, really, in fasting, and I'm talking about abstaining to have a spiritual goal in mind. Um, I'm talking about aligning. So I'm not jumping through a hoop, gain me favor with God, but I am positioning my heart to be in a position to listen and for him to be able to identify areas in my life. So we're going to start with, first off, my primary reason for fasting is to come build intimacy with God. It says, come close to God and God will come close to you. James 4, 8. Intimacy is something that needs to be continually renewed. Um, I ask up the front, are you living the mundane Christian life or the abundant Christian life? Um, Suzanne and I, in our relationship, we have to continue, much like other spouses. It's not like a one and done. I said I loved you once, and so we're good. We're going to go to the weekend to remember that is coming up here uh, the second week of February, and Pastor Michael talked more of that here at the end today. Um, we acknowledge and see that we were very busy doing ministry over the holidays and the new year. Not that that's a bad thing, but it requires that we go back and be intentional about growing and realigning intimacy between the two of us. And that is the same way with God, which often leads us to when the presence of a living God, I find repentance often comes to the fore. This verse says, That is why the Lord says, Turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. And that's out of Joel 2.12. So in the presence of a holy God, much like Isaiah 6, I may think I'm doing okay, but those things that aren't right in God's eyes are going to quickly come to mind and be identified for me. Um, or I may come into this fasting time knowing that there is something I need a little extra help with. Um, some of you may ask, John, you were doing a message on fasting. Did you fast this week? And I'll say, yes, I did, and that's all I'm going to say. Because Matthew 6 told me that's supposed to be between me and God, and I don't believe he's released me yet to explain to you what I did for how long um, and all of that. Maybe someday he will. I do believe he has released me from a previous time of fasting, allow me to be a testimony of what can happen through that. And so... I tell my testimony from time to time involved a 30-year struggle with an alcohol addiction. Um, 
God allowed circumstances come into my life to get me to a place of brokenness where I completely surrendered. Um, I was saved, I was in alignment with God, but there was still a spiritual stronghold that needed to be overcome in my life, that being alcohol. I had prayed for years, God remove this from me, I'm so sorry, um, I won't do it again if you'll just remove it from me, but I never got my heart in the correct alignment to completely surrender. And so early in my recovery, I incorporated fasting into this. And again, I'm not going to brag about how long or short or what it was exactly. That's besides the point. But I very quickly found freedom from what had been a spiritual stronghold in my life for 30 years. And I can stand before you today after seven years. Thank you. Well, that's not a testimony of me. That's the work of what the Holy Spirit can do in your life. If you're just obedient and you will do what he asks you to do, and if you'll come before him with humility and with repentance. And so I believe when we repent of our willful desire to put distance between ourselves and God's holiness, he will change our attitude towards our most cherished sin. Hebrews 12.1 talks about that sin that so easily entangles us. He'll change your attitude towards that most cherished sin and help you find yourself in the midst of a spiritual breakthrough, which is this last third area that I'm going to talk to you today. So a spiritual breakthrough, then after doing all those things, I will pour up my spirit upon all people, Joel 2, 28. We saw from Matthew 6, he said, um, the Father, if what you do in secret, will reward you. If I approach God on his terms in response to his agenda, he is going to bless that. That could be clarity on something that you've had confusion on. That might be the joy finally comes to you. Um, there's a whole myriad of things of what a spiritual breakthrough could look like. I like to think of it as a revival inside of me. Revival is really the presence of the living God that's just kind of now magnified, and it's at the fore, and I can feel that. And my heart's full of passion, and I have a spiritual fire in me. And I want to go out and tell this to other people. Every revival that you ever see in history started with God's people who began humbling themselves and approaching God in prayer and fasting. Oftentimes, we, we get told and people can see that the Spirit of God is moving at Journey Church. Imagine if all of us could be obedient in this, in the prayer and the fasting realm. If we would just humble ourselves before the Lord and do, be obedient to him and what he's asking us to do, just imagine that we, light we could start shining here for the river region. I'm going to kind of just quickly run through a few, what are we talking about with fasting here? So first, if, um, like I said, foot stomp. John said fast, so I'm going to go home and fast for 40 days and 40 nights, because that's what Moses did. And I'm going to say, John did not say go home and fast for 40 days and 40 nights. What John did say was, you need to talk to a 
professional medical person before you start denying yourself food, especially if you have any kind of underlying health conditions. And you also need to seek some godly counsel from people that what you're doing actually makes sense and it lines up with Scripture. Okay, now that I've got that rebuttal up there front. First of all, we're talking about a selective fast. That's good for somebody that may have some health issues going on and it doesn't make sense for you uh, to completely abstain from food. But you can cut sweets out. You can cut meat out. Anything that maybe has become out of balance in your life. Some people drink a couple gallons of Milo sweet tea every day. That might be something you might consider. Uh, we talk about a partial one. This is really kind of what they did in the Old Testament. They did certain hours of the day. Um, again, if you're doing an intermittent fasting because you're trying to lose weight, again, that's not what I'm talking about. But I pick maybe all daylight or all evening time, but I pick a certain times of the day. It could be a behavioral one. Again, things have gotten a little out of balance in your life. Are you one of those that is on social media all the time? Are you watching TV? Um, our video games can also be that. Anything that's gotten out of balance in our life, we can fast that and then allow the Holy Spirit to help us start bringing those things back into our life in a balanced fashion. And then finally, we got more of the complete fast, which is I'm denying myself of food. Um, really, you can only go three days without getting too dehydrated where you start having some serious medical conditions. So I'd encourage you just looking at food and not completely going off without any liquids. And again, I encourage you, please, 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 please talk to somebody before you start to do this and make sure you're not going to do something that isn't going to help you out. Finally today, I'm going to close with a verse that you'll hear here at Journey fairly often. Mike closed out with this last week as well. It's found in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so, one of the things I love about the Celebrate Recovery Ministry that I'm blessed with my wife, Suzanne, to be able to lead, uh, we go through a lot of useful, practical tools to help you apply Scripture to your life. Um, talks in Ephesians it was about getting rid of all anger, rage, bitterness. Um, it just says get rid of it. It doesn't really tell you how. And so we will help you kind of through Scripture come up with an inventory process of how to kind of work through past hurts and hang-ups and how to be able to release those. So in this verse, it seems like a three-part formula that we've kind of been given. It says prayer, petition, thanksgiving equals peace. So prayer, what is that? That's like an ongoing conversation with God. Um, I'm talking to him. He's talking to me. But God knows me. Or are we just talking at him? Um, do you know him, but does he know you? I know who Governor Kay Ivey is. I've read some things. I hear about her in the news. I can run down to Montgomery and hit the doorbell on the, the mansion and say, hey, let me in. Um, she don't know me, and I'm probably going to have some people escort me off the property. So is that one where you know who some stuff about Jesus, but you don't really know who he is? 
The second one is a petition. I make a specific request, whatever that may be. You know, I can't pay my rent this month. Please help me uh, make ends meet kind of thing. And the third is Thanksgiving. It's saying I'm thanking him in advance because I have faith that he is going to answer. Again, what we've been talking about with prayer already. So in a relationship, make a specific request, thank in advance, I should have peace. So what that looks like, an example from my own life. Uh, we have two fur babies, Duke and Samson, our little dogs that we love. They're not our kids, but they are part of our family. Um, if I suddenly get called out of town, um, I'm going to go talk to Josh. who's a kid, who, young man who lives close to us. And I'm, Josh and I know each other. We have a conversation. We've been talking and carrying on over the years. So I'm not praying, but we're talking. So I go to Josh with a specific request. And I say, hey, Josh, we're going out of town. Can you watch our dogs for the weekend? And Josh says, sure. He loves our dogs. He loves hanging out with them. And so I say, thank you, Josh. And you're going, why are you thinking to me? You ain't done nothing yet. I'm like, I have trust and confidence that Josh is going to take care of our dogs while we're out of town. And so I leave town for the weekend. I have peace. I'm not worried. I know Josh is going to take care of it. And if something does happen, he will take care of it or he'll talk to me. That's the kind of relationship God wants with us. That's what this verse is really are calling us to do. Can you, in the midst of life, get to that level of trust and confidence with God? I have adult children. You know, example is, I'm not sure my kids are living in the alignment that I would want them to. I've been praying to God. We have a relationship. I make a specific petition. God, can you bring my children back into alignment? Thank you. And I should have peace about that. Where problems come in is what? We don't really trust. We still want to have some control. We have a hard time letting go of that. And so when we're talking about fasting here, again, it starts with the intimacy, and that's that first part of that formula is the prayer. If I don't know somebody, I'm not going to trust them. And until we get to the place of building intimacy with the Father, you're going to have a hard time getting to that place. So today, what are some next steps as we kind of look to move forward? Maybe you're one of those that knows a lot of these stories, but do you really know Jesus? And there is a difference to that. And so today, maybe you need to form a relationship with him, and we would be happy to talk to, with you about that. Maybe you need to seek God's direction for incorporating some fasting into your life. Deny ourselves daily, follow Jesus, do whatever he tells us to do. As we start to get a little complacent during our daily lives, are we falling out of alignment with the Father? And this is the area that he's kind of identified to help us get back into alignment with him. And then finally today, I would ask, maybe you need to act on an area where you just need to do whatever he tells you to do. Fasting, they didn't have anything to do with you being here today. You were just here to hear that. I don't know what that area is. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. But uh, maybe that's where 
we need to finally just quit saying, I'm going to pray about it or I'll get to that eventually and just do whatever it is he's telling you to do. If you would, bow your heads with me, please, as we close. Some of you, uh, if you want to begin a relationship with Christ, you say, that's me. I've, I've read the Bible. I've heard all those stories, but I don't really know who he is, and he doesn't know me. I would just say it's as simple as just where you're sitting. Say a simple prayer of, Father, I've, I've messed up. I've uh, done wrong, and the, your word tells me that separates me from you. If I will just uh, reach out the hands of my heart, per se, and uh, just ask you to come into my heart to be my Lord and Savior, to forgive me of my sins. Lord, pray that uh, you will help me to live a life that glorifies and honors you. But um, just come into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if that was you today, um, we would love for you to talk to us. We have a Bible we want to put in your hand. Um, as the uh, worship team comes, the prayer team will be here at the front. Um, if you need to do some business with God, we encourage you to come forward. Um, they'll be happy to talk with you, to pray with you, and also go back to the, the prayer room, the VIP room in the back. That's done. But um, you come as God leads you.